Podcast episode 129. Benjamin Yoder here today to talk to you about video games, and it is it is time. Cleanup season has begun. It's spring cleaning in November. It's my new holiday. Um, as I mentioned last week and and a couple weeks before that, I uh, have a lot of video games that are kind of ongoing at the moment. So I decided uh, now that I've I've kind of had a bit more time to actually play some games, I decided I was going to start cleaning up. Uh, some of my current list of games. So either I was going to make the decision of putting it off for now, uh, making making a effort to play it in the near future, and to go ahead and finish it up now. So so one of the first things I did, uh, actually right after I finished recording the podcast last week, was I was like, I'm going to finish the 24th District of Tokyo, or t- District 24, whatever it is, 24 Tokyo. Uh, it's, and if you, if you watched my, um, uh, pickups video from, from last week, I, I talk about it a little bit there. So, so 24 Tokyo, if you haven't heard of it, it's basically a Japanese only visual novel. That's kind of like a detective focused thing. Um, I, I picked it up. It was sold at, uh, it was like a Dojin game. So I, I bought it off DL site a while ago and it's fine, but the, the problem is that the, it's pretty dense in its kanji, as far as I can tell, and I have very little Japanese knowledge. So, so I, I, you know, with games like First Kiss Story, I was able to kind of figure it out because there's voice acting, and uh, with like uh, Scum of the Brave, there's a lot of animation. So even though there's a, not a lot of voice acting, there's a lot of information to tell you what's going on at a time. Twenty Four Tokyo has a ton of art and a ton of unique art, but it's very difficult to follow what's happening. But uh, but yeah, I got probably about like two thirds of the game. Uh, the first time I started playing, then I kind of put it down for a while because I was I was kind of losing interest, and I basically decided that I was just gonna set it to auto and play through the rest of the game that way. Quote play, just you know, basically watch the screen, stop trying to dissect the text, and just just let it go. So I I was able to wrap it up pretty quickly, and uh, man, the ending of that game gets real weird. Like like the main game itself, pretty straightforward detective story. It definitely you know it has an anime aesthetic, and so it. it you know, storytelling and character-wise, there's definitely some level of that, like, kind of lightheartedness to it. There, There is, the main character, Akane, is a, a, very much appears as, like, a young high school girl or something like that, even though she's kind of supposed to be, like, this hard-boiled detective, and, and they definitely play into that a bit. Um, so, so, to see the game go from, like, this very straightforward story about 3D-printed guns that are, were used in a murder case to this insane series of events that I don't want to spoil, but I did post the ending to my Twitter feed. If you want to go look that up, just start looking for my 24 Tokyo thing. I'll link, I'll link the video to it actually in the description here if you really want to see it. But man, that was a weird way for the first episode of that, that series to end. So I'm, I'm glad I finished it. Um, so, so the, the, it kind of ends on a, I mean, as somebody who can't read it, it seems like a fairly unsatisfying note where it's just kind of like you, you, you solve the current mystery kind of, but it seems like it kind of falls in your lap for the most part. There's like a person that's like, Oh, very clearly set up as like the evil person from the beginning. And then you just kind of find out at the end, like, even though the characters are kind of unsure if they're evil or not, 
that oh yeah she's actually evil and then you just end up basically shooting her at the end uh and then she's dead and that's kind of it um so it's pretty straightforward in that regard there was an episode two and three that seemed to have come out i i I have pretty strong confidence of that because even though it's not available online to buy digitally and i haven't been able to find any evidence like that that a physical version exists online the only the i did find a blog post by them by the uh, development team studio busk uh that had mentioned that episode two and episode three were sold together in a comic cat release and specifically there was a save file bug that was causing your save file to to not save properly um so they were basically like hey email us if you if you have problems and we'll try to fix your your save file issue um so and i I, there is another website that does show a box art for episode two and three so unfortunately there's not a lot of resources online to buy physical dojin games reliably and i've had very little luck finding anything online so i i have purchased the comic preview edition of the game which i did i did kind of skip through that real quick it's and it's it's the full first episode as far as i can tell but there are actually some changes uh there's only one particular change i noticed about the very end of the the episode but i'm gonna guess there's probably a lot of text changes and things like that too I'm, I I kind of want to archive it on archive.org, but it's also the entirety of the first episode, and it's it's you know that's what they're selling on DL site. And even though, as far as I can tell, Studio Busk doesn't like really get money anymore, or well, they're not really you know in existence anymore. You still can buy the game on DL site, so so it is available. The original game, it's just not that version of the game. So I feel a little weird about uploading it at this time, but I might go ahead and just try to like you know back it up for now. And then, you know, be prepared to upload it at some point. Um, but I don't know really, I don't know if DL site has like a cutoff date of when like, you know, somebody stops receiving money for a game or if it just always will be there or something. I don't know. I mean, a ton of people probably aren't buying it off DL site, but I, I, I don't really, yeah, I don't know. It's, it, it's at the point where you could still get some monetary value for that game. And I, I don't know how I feel about uploading, even if, if it's unfinished, but the entire first episode of it, but there's only a hundred copies of it too. So I kind of, I want it to be preserved at the same time so i don't know we'll see 24 tokyo it's kind of weird i didn't really love it but if i find episode into episode two and three uh for sale i'm going to buy it (laughs) so i i might try to see what kind of like i don't really know what the physical doujin game scene looks like when you go to japan and go to like a doujin store because i imagine like you know the physical booklets are around and and you can find those might be hard to find a specific one but i'm going to guess you can go to stores and and buy from like you know sections and categories and things like that but i don't know what physical doujin games look like in those stores if it's like a very minor part of it or if it's a, a large section or something like that so i'll definitely be looking at for that while i'm in japan uh in only a month it's getting pretty dang close so so yeah uh the other thing i've been playing is uh i kind of just finished wrapping up amiibo festival i can there's no real end state for amiibo festival so i basically considered it to be i played through every month of the game um i i uh bought all the well i filled out my town you can't buy all the the attractions that you can put in your town but you can there's a certain number of slots you have and so i filled out all those slots in my town 
And then uh, I also capped out one Amiibo, Tom Nook, and I was like, that's probably good. Uh, that that probably good part of it still took me 25 hours to get there, actually. I looked up the uh, my, my playtime was like, ah, well, that's a lot of time to play <laughs> Amiibo Festival, which, you know, I don't super love. But, uh, but I have a quick play coming up for Amiibo Festival this week. So if you want to hear more about my thoughts on Amiibo Festival, uh, you can check that out. It's a little longer than I was hoping it'd be. It's like 50 minutes long. I was hoping to be closer to like 40, but... That's the nature of that game, unfortunately, <laughs> for better or for worse. Um, so yeah, and, and that's kind of all I've done in terms of, of game playing uh, this week. So so not a ton of stuff, but I, I plan to try to finish up We Play Motion here. I might actually start trying to do that this weekend and and, and, I'll, and finish that up because I, I'm pretty far along in that. I just need to invest some more time. Uh, and also, like, fun little thing. I, I probably should have mentioned this at the start of the podcast. I actually bought a... Uh, a speaking of dojin stuff i guess um a final fantasy 11 mug so i'll also include a, a, a picture of that because it has a little little snipper crabs from final fantasy 11 which if you don't know final fantasy 11 has a pretty distinct looking crab um i don't know if they are based off a previous final fantasy uh crab enemy but but they're pretty distinct looking and i think they're in final fantasy 14 as well Although I think there's like two different types of crabs. I think the snipper crabs are, are pretty early on, but then I, like, I think in the old law region is where the snipper crabs are, crabs are. So that's pretty cute. And I also got like a pencil carrying case. So I'll put a link, a photo of that in the description as well. If you want to take a look at that. And that's kind of it for me this week. Uh, in terms of news story, uh, I don't have a ton of particularly deep news stories here, but I think there's some, some interesting things here. Uh, Mighty Number no. Nine looks like it's being delisted in Japan, which is uh, unfortunate. I know most people are going to sit there and laugh about that game being delisted and and say it's yet another mark on that game's reputation or something, or that it deserves to be delisted. I don't know, but uh, but I like Mighty Number no. Nine a lot. If you don't know, if you haven't watched before, and I'll I'll put a link at the in the description and at the end of the YouTube video of this podcast. Uh, I I did a Mighty Number no. Nine review, and and I really love that game. I I think that game is great it's my favorite Mega Man style game ever made and I know it has its problems but I think uh, a lot of it's a lot of what that game does is really really beneficial to that style or that I, I guess you could say the Mega Man series in my opinion I think it I think it really creates something that feels pretty distinct and I, I'm really sad we'll never see any kind of follow-up on that um but yeah, so I'm gonna guess maybe Spike. So it doesn't look like the U.S. version's being taken down, but taken down. But it's a different publisher for the U.S. version. The Japanese release is being published by Spike, or was being was published by Spike Chunsoft. So I wonder if they just had like a time specific publishing uh, deal with them, and it wasn't like something that they would be you know be forever able to sell. And so, you know, once that deal has expired, they basically are going to go ahead and, you know, remove it because, you know, they don't have the right to sell it anymore, essentially. So I'm hoping that, you know, the U.S. version stays online. Um, I may uh, go out of my way to try to get a physical copy of, of Mighty Number no. 9 for the PS4. Um, I do have it digitally on PC and I have the physical Wii U copy, but the Wii U physical copy is not the version you want. <laughs> like it's, 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 it, it works, but it's not the one you want to play. So I may, I may see if there's like a cheap version of the PS4 one out there. Um, and I might go ahead and go and buy the DLC because I hadn't purchased the DLC yet for the game. And, uh, at least with the Spike Chunsoft version or Japanese version being delisted, they're delisting the DLC as well. So I think I might have the Wii U DLC. I'm not sure. I might have to see, but I mean, that's not how I want to play that DLC. That that, that version of the game is not great. Uh, it's, it, it's kind of a mess. 
Um, so yeah, but I'm, I'm sad to see that it's going. I know most people won't feel that way, but I do. Uh, the other interest, or I don't know if it's really interesting, but I think it's a a, a good sign of things is uh, I think there was like a inside Xbox event that was uh, this week, and they announced a handful of Japanese games that are coming to uh, the Xbox One, which I think is very important. Um, a lot of these are, are, are they're all ports at this point. Uh, the the first one is is maybe maybe expected because Kingdom Hearts 3 is on Xbox One. Uh, the Kingdom Hearts 1.5 plus 2.5 collection is getting ported to Xbox One, which I think is important, you know, given that, you know, Kingdom Hearts 3 is on the platform. You might as well, you know, give people a way to play that. And given that, you know, Microsoft's fo- focusing on backwards compatibility, you know, I think that's important because going forward, go even into the next console, these games will be playable and you, you will want the entire Kingdom Hearts library available there if you're going to have Kingdom Hearts 3 at the very least. Uh, and then there's also the Yakuza games are getting ported. So Yakuza, well, some of them at least so far, Yakuza 0, Kiwami, and Kiwami 2 are all getting Xbox One ports, which I think is super important given that Yakuza has become a a pretty influential franchise in the West at this point. Um, and, and you know, if you want to show support for Japanese console, I think Yakuza is a big one in the same way that you need like a lot of Square Enix IPs on your system. Like Square Enix and Sega are two publishers that you're going to want to work with uh, long term, I feel like for for Japanese games and and you know it's getting them late and and you know it's not gonna this this stuff isn't gonna mean a lot of things to most people but I think what it does show is more long term support for Japanese developers having these games come over, Fantasy Star Online two coming over and you know being on the Microsoft stage stuff like that. I this is the kind of stuff I want to see for Microsoft right now because I'm not married to the PlayStation like. I'm not a fan of Sony's first-party content. It's not really for me. I I don't think it's bad. I just don't don't like it that much either. And, you know, I'm not going to sit there and say I like Xbox One's first-party content that much either. It's not really that important to me. Um, but I I always want more platforms and more choices. Um, and, and I will say, like, when it comes to backwards compatibility this last generation, Xbox One seemed to be the platform to be at. Um, and, and backwards compatibility is important to me and, and getting to play original Xbox games running in 4k, that's pretty awesome. And, and, you know, getting to play, you know, the rare library running at higher resolutions, like, like to the point that they're like, Hey, we're going to port grad by the ghoulies or whatever it is. Uh, that's great. I'm glad they put that stuff out on that platform. And, and if Microsoft continues, you know, ramping up that backwards compatibility lineup and, and, you know, bringing in Japanese developers, I think that that could really, really benefit them. And, um, I think, you know, I think up until this point, you could definitely say, Hey, you know, they're not going to get like a mega labyrinth and stuff like that though. You know, those, those smaller Japanese titles that aren't a huge deal. Um, but we, we are kind of seeing a shakeup in, in that, that Japanese space a little bit for, I think, a variety of reasons. Uh, one is content control from uh, Sony right now. You know, if you're making a game like Mega Labyrinth, which is, you know, focused around like breast expansion as a part of its mechanics, um, you know, Sony's, you know, forcing you to change the content on that platform. And so you have things like Gun Gun Pixies coming out only on Nintendo Switch and and I assume Panty Party and stuff like that. Like the Nintendo Switch has in some ways become the new PlayStation Vita, uh, you know, from both a, a functional standpoint and also it's just like a place for those developers to go. You have like, you know, uh, 
what's that game or not that series like an anime tank series dang it is it girls on panzer or something like that i think that's exclusive to the switch maybe it's on ps4 as well actually i can't quite recall that one but you are seeing some more titles that are only coming out for switch um because you know sony doesn't want them there essentially so you you do have a little bit of this disruption happening and, and i think naturally those those publishers are probably going to more go to the switch because that is a, a successful platform in the region and the Xbox is not going to be that so much, but it does give them an opportunity. Cause you know, Sony is kind of, you know, trying to shovel off some of these developers or at least if not shovel them off, force them into making particular types of content that may not necessarily line up to what they're trying to do. Um, and Nintendo has been a safe haven for that stuff, at least when it comes to third party, first party, not so much, obviously with something like, you know, Tokyo Mirage sessions, you know, still, if anything, the, the the censorship has been expanded to another region, um, or if you don't want to call it censorship, the the changes to make it more more you know, I don't know what wording you'd want to use. Uh, like, if if you had the perception that you know, it's, it's being exploitive of the of females or something like that, to make it less less of that perception kind of thing. Um, so I do think it. it I do think it opens up an opportunity and I don't think Microsoft will be the one to get like, you know, Omega Labyrinth so much, but it does bring, bring them into the possibility that like more smaller Japanese developers might be more willing to work with them. Uh, Integrates published like Gunvolt, I think on, on Xbox one, which is great to see as well. So I'm really hoping that they, they continue to push, you know, this, this, um, you know, push for to get more Japanese games on the platform. And, you know, I, I sometimes hear people say like, well, they tried on Xbox 360 and looked how that worked out. Like it, it didn't meet their expectations. And I could definitely see that. But I think the, the, the key thing with the Xbox 360 is that Japanese games were becoming more and more like not mainstream at that time. Like there's a, a good while in the late 360 area, like mid to late 360 area where Japanese games just straight up didn't matter to most people. And I, I don't like, I think, I think many of us who continue to play Japanese games at that time would not agree that the, you know, the quality or anything like that was a big deal. But when it comes to, you know, the, the, the market viability of those games, uh, ever since like 2015, when, uh, you know, around the time like Nier and Yakuza Zero were really, you know, picking up uh, Steam. It has that that market has improved significantly for for Japanese games, and and so, you know, I think it is worth doing another attempt at it. And you know, then you also have you know Microsoft's whole digital push with Game Pass and stuff like that. So they have a a really compelling option right now. I feel like that that it could be interesting. I don't really know how Japan feels about um digital games so much it, it definitely wasn't as big of a thing i don't know what the current market looks like in terms of digital only uh i could definitely see like the appeal of you know not having to have physical games so much uh because of the um you know space limitations while, while you're out there but i think a lot of people will buy and resell games there but i'm speaking you know totally as somebody who doesn't know anything about the japanese region out <laughs> of some things i've heard over the years um, but I think, I think that I really hope that, that Microsoft really makes a push for it again. And, and I hope they're successful because we, I think, I think that there needs to be more platforms, especially if, if, if Sony's going to be, you know, start mandating certain things to, for some publishers, I think it's important that, that there are other places for some play companies like D3 to go if they want to make their Oni Chambara sexy bikini zombie slayer game kind of thing. 
Um, and, you know, Nintendo is a, is a safe place for that right now. But as we've seen in the past with Nintendo, they can be kind of, you know, back and forth on that stuff. Uh, you know, there's a while where they're like, hey, we want your Mad World. We want your your Grinder or whatever that game was called from the Conduit developers. We want your bloody M-rated games. But at the same time, they also were like blocking Binding of Isaac from coming out on 3DS for a while. So it's just like, yeah, it, I, I would feel more comfortable the more places people can put stuff out. Obviously, PC is probably the most like... You know, free place you can put stuff out, but in terms of like you know physical copies and people who are buying those types of games care a lot about physical copies. I don't know why that's the case, but you know that's just kind of the overlap, I think. Um, um, and so I'm really hopeful that the PC market will eventually you know start getting more and more physical copies. And I think with like Kickstarter games, you do see that happen very often where the PC version will get like a physical copy. But I don't think you're seeing it with with standard releases very often. Although you're seeing more and more on console sides where where standard releases come out that are cases, but they're literally just like a cardboard, you know, or a, a paper slip inside of a case that says, please download the game through this code. Thank you. Kind of thing. And yeah, <laughs> that that whole thing. Um, so yeah, I'm super hopeful. Uh, I really, I'm, I'm hoping, you know, we have a really great race next generation where everybody's kind of in line so we can prevent situations where you have you know sony this generation and microsoft last generation sitting there being like we're not going to do cross-platform play because we're on top and we don't have to do it and then you know we're now there but you know it it was a nightmare getting sony to come off their pedestal for that and you know that's not to say something specific about sony because Microsoft, I'm pretty sure, around that time was also, like, back there in 360 era, was like, no, we're not going to do any cross-platform play. <laughs> when I think Sony was like, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll definitely do it. Because, you know, the underlying console is always the one that that wants to do that kind of stuff to improve their situation. Um, so, so yeah. Also, Final Fantasy XIV is coming to Xbox One, which I think is really, really important. Um, because that that is such a massive MMO. It's crazy that it's... In my opinion, it's crazy it hasn't been on Xbox One since at least like heaven's word like like I, w- I would think even with like a realm reborn i think it would be important for it to be on there but but you know we're like four or five expansions at this point and now it's coming out it's kind of crazy so i don't know it, but i'm glad it's finally getting there i'm glad you know i'm glad microsoft is making those pushes and uh yeah hopefully we have a great next console generation i'm i'm i'm, I'm looking forward to it uh, I think uh, I was listening to Giant Bomb podcast and they were like speculating on when these consoles get revealed. And they mentioned the PS4 was revealed in February of the year it came out. So I'm like, well, we're getting pretty dang close, <laughs> pretty dang close to that. So we might start hearing about next console sooner than I guess I feel like I know, like I, I felt like we would because, uh, you know, end of next year is, is looking likely. So, yeah, that's it for this week. Thanks for coming. Um, in terms of, of content up on the website, like I said, Amiibo Festival Quick Play will come out um, come out this week on Wednesday, so look forward to that. Uh, and then last week, I put out a gaming pickups video where I talk about some Dreamcast games, Wii games, uh, Gun Gun Pixies I talk about on there. So if you want if you want to hear some thoughts on some games I recently picked up and put a little bit of time into, uh, check that out. And then uh, and then like I said earlier, I'll I'll link the Mighty Number no. Nine uh, review video at the end of this this stream. All right, this uh this video or put in the description as well if you want to check it out because my number nine cool game pick it up hopefully it doesn't get delisted <laughs> uh and then 
And then I also had a Dreamcast stream that went up where I basically streamed a bunch of Dreamcast games because I got a uh, a VGA box that can output 480p. So that's that's up on the website as well. Um, and so going forward, though, in terms of stream stuff, well, not really going forward, but the next stream game is going to be Martian Gothic, which, are, if you're not familiar, is a PlayStation 1 survival horror game set on the Mars, uh, Mar- a Mars space station. Although it takes place in June 2019, which I'm like, oh, great. <laughs> uh, it's like EDF where, where that game came out, take place this, took place this year. It's like, oh, the far-flung f- future of 20 years from now. And then it's like, yeah, we're still not on Mars, boy. We also haven't been invaded by giant ants yet, <laughs> so so yeah, so that's going to be the next stream game. Uh, it's about six hours long, so I expect it to be about three to four streams long, and then, uh, you know, around that time, I'll be going to Japan, so if we have another stream after Martian Gothic before I go to Japan, we'll probably do something short, and then uh, once we come back from Japan, I'll let you know what the plan is from there. Um, still working on getting the content done for when I'm out in Japan at the moment. So, so that is still occupying the majority of my time rather than actual content, which I'm sorry. <laughs> um, uh, but I think it would be important not to have a two week dead period while I'm out in Japan. It's also during the holiday time. So I'm, I'm creating a little extra, a little bit extra. So if you, if you have a lot of free time, hopefully, hopefully some of the extra content I'm doing, you know, fits. Uh, or fits in your schedule and you, you want to do some stuff. I, have, I, I know I have at least one thing coming out on Christmas Eve and I'm having two uh, replacement stream videos and then I, I also have the New Year's post going up as well uh, and that's that's a lengthy post um, so you know hopefully you have time to read it. <laughs> it's longer than I thought it'd be but yeah it was fun. Anyways thanks for coming. WonkishReport.com is the website and I hope you have a great week. Bye!